When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester. And Av, I didn't know you were into the rock and roll thing. Um, hi, and I'm Av Sinetsky, And I actually really love you too, but I don't know what this is all about. Yeah. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 3, Episode 9, Mary, Joseph, and Larry, which originally aired on November 10th, 2002, which seems like it's a uh, glaring example of Christmas creep, because this episode is all about Christmas, and it aired like seven weeks before Christmas. But we also had a Halloween episode this season that aired like, you know, several weeks before Halloween. So it seems like the whole season was filmed thinking it'd be on HBO like two months later than it actually was. Yeah, that could be. That's interesting. I didn't even think of that. Well, otherwise, um, there's just no explanation. Why are they airing uh, Halloween episodes in early September and then Christmas episodes in early November? Very yeah, we should, uh, we should send this to TMQ. Yeah, so that yeah, so Greg Easterbrook uh, maybe can get on that one for us, and then um, yeah, I have a lot of questions about this episode, uh, including one right in the first scene. So why don't we jump right into it? So we're, uh, Larry's at a doctor's office, and we see he's still trying to clear his throat out from the pubic hair that he swallowed or didn't completely swallow in the previous episode. For some reason, that's like, the, like one of the first like continuity episodes. Like the TV continued to curb is about yeah. this pubic hair. Oh, I did have a question. Jen, can you come back for one second? I'm going to ask her on the air. We can edit <laughs> she's this gonna, She's going to love this. Yes. Jen. This can go a lot of different ways. Wait, Jen. Oh, she says one minute. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. Okay. All right, she's back. I'll edit this. It's fine. What's the difference? But I have a question. When did that technology come into existence? Was that technology around 18 years ago? I'm going upstairs. Goodbye was the answer. So uh, it remains unknown. All right, yeah. So maybe if we could have uh, one of the uh, podcast interns look into that for us. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the podcast. Yes. Um, so the doctor comes in. He's says Larry, did I hear correctly that you were at a U2 concert the previous night? And the doctor finds that hard to imagine. Yes, and Larry is extraordinarily embarrassed about this. Yes, and Larry's... No sense. Larry was, uh, would have been 22, or was 22 years old at Woodstock. It would be shocking if he wasn't into rock and roll. Yeah, this is this makes no sense. And like he's from New York and into the comedy scene. Like he, of course, like it's it's possible that he in particular was not into 
to it for whatever reason. But it would he be went to a concert in season one. With, he went into a concert in season one with the Dansons, yeah. and at no point did he mention. Even though I really hate rock and roll. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This whole thing makes sense. And like, U two is like known for being the band that like basically everyone thinks is good. Like, even yeah, you, it, might, you might not love them. Like, U two. It's such. A, it's such a non-controversial. It's not like a cool band. It's like just a band that everybody. Right. Yeah. It's very odd. Yeah, they're like an extremely popular you yes, know, band. As mainstream. Like broad, broad, like, yeah, very broad appeal. They were literally on people's iPhones before they even bought them. <laughs> right, right. It was with the iPhone. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, but Larry's very embarrassed to be into that whole, quote, rock and roll thing. Yeah, so he says, my wife dragged me. Yeah. Turns out that his housekeeper told the receptionist at the doctor's office about that he was at a U2 concert, which annoys Larry. He asks him not to tell anybody else that he was at the U2 concert. Um, he tells the doctor about the pubic hair situation. The doctor says, don't worry, it's totally normal. Um, Larry's like, he's a little embarrassed. He's like, well, you know, I don't do it that often. Doctor says, I don't need to know your schedule of how often you do that. Um, and he says, basically, there's two options we have here. We can either go on, it, go on and get it through some sort of a procedure, but that's really going to hurt. Or we can flush it out with liquids over a few days. Larry goes with choice B. He's like, yeah, let's, let's see how it goes. And the doctor says, hey, maybe just stay away from that for a few days, which it sounds like Larry was inclined to do anyway. Yeah, and Larry is also embarrassed to have had sex. He tells the doctor, it's not even something I do that often. Like, why does Larry want his doctor to think he's the biggest square of all time? Well, not specifically having sex. It's specifically going down, well, right? Okay. Like, which is, uh, yeah, which but, is like a thing. Like, you know, like famously in The Sopranos. Yeah, was but that was, that was a 75-year-old misogynistic Italian man. Sure. It was, yeah, but I don't think Larry's issue is that. Yeah, like, I don't it, know. But, but I think that's the implication is, is that it's like playing is it into because that Because in the trope. last episode, it was a thing that's popular to do among the cool guys. See, to me, the issue is that Larry just wants to be seen as a huge nerd who doesn't like music and doesn't like uh, interesting sexual activities. Well, so but it's I mean, not, but, it's not that interesting. It's not an unusual thing. It's not like a, it's not like he's like <laughs> it's not kinky, as Cheryl says. It's quite if yes, even I, Cheryl, I, who's I against agree. afternoon sex, is in favor <laughs> of. Uh, yeah. I agree with you. I'm just saying. I think that's what it was. Is that he was saying I don't specifically do that that often. Yeah, because yeah, it's like not a thing that like people like that a certain type of man is proud to say that he does in the pop culture. Yeah. That's like a pop culture trope, and I think that is playing into it. That's all I'm saying. Okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I read it. Um, so yeah, so we're back home, and Larry tells Cheryl that the doctor said it's going to go away on its own in a couple of days, uh, just like the coronavirus. Um. Cheryl mentions that they have a lot of stuff to take care of before her parents get here. We have to do the Christmas presents. We have got to get the tree. Larry's surprised to hear about a tree. What do you mean a tree? Cheryl's like, no, this is obvious. Like, we're celebrating Christmas. My parents are coming. Like, of course, we're going to have a tree. Um, Larry thinks it's weird like, to actually have a tree in his house. That, like, his guy is going to get confused upstairs. Uh, he's going to think I switched teams. He's not going to know what's going on. Larry continues trying to clear his throat. Cheryl asks Larry if he took care of the Christmas tips yet. She, he says no. Uh, she says, can you take care of it? Larry says, okay, I'll do it when I go to the club, and I'll do take care of the, the club's tips there with Jeff as well. Uh, but, like, he's really – Larry's got the whole tipping thing. He says there's no end to it, um, you know. And I, I kind of agree with Larry. It's just, like, I wish that this like, – I have no problem with paying the money. It's just, like, the whole process of it. That's, like, so annoying. And you have to like, ask oh, how about much? how much is appropriate because you don't want to give too little. He's, he has an issue with it, but he seems to be having a ton of fun with Jeff when they get to the club. Yes. Like when I was once in a building where like they did it the right way, in my opinion, they, like, they told you an amount of money that you pay into like a pool and then like yes. you, you felt gets, like you were yes. covered. Yeah. And, like, I, I live in buildings where they do that. They give, they say the recommended amount is, you know, blank in, you know, and that covers all the range. tips. For, you're right. And that gives, yeah. covers all the tips for all the workers. And then, I mean, maybe, maybe not, maybe they're getting screwed over that way. I have no idea, but that seems like a good way to do it. 
rather than like because like things happen like the things like with Larry like oh this one tells that one that you gave this much because like like someone else needs to tell you what the right amounts are you're just otherwise you're just making it up Larry goes to speak to the housekeeper Dora and says hey you know going forward if you could just like not tell people where I am just say I'm out I'm not home that would be really great and she seems to understand she says yeah I'll just say you know Mr. Larry's not home um, and he gives her a tip and they say thank and says thank you he goes outside he chats with Carlos the gardener he gives him a tip as well uh, he says, Usted es muy ambule. I think that's what he said. That's what I wrote down, uh, which means you are very kind. I looked it up on Google Translate. Um, Larry says, you know, going forward with me, you can use the two form instead of the usted. Uh, this, of course, we, we saw this joke on the HBO special. In his, yeah, this is a joke that Larry's uh, been making literally did. since the 80s. So <laughs> yes. he's completely ups- he, For some reason, Larry thinks this is just a, a tremendous, tremendous joke. And so he's using it again on Curb. I mean, I think it is a good line. I don't know anything about Spanish, so I I only know this line as a thing that Larry David has said, uh, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know Spanish either, but meaning it's like I it's like I understand that there are things like that in language that are just like kind of silly, mm-hmm. and that's like what he's making fun of. That's okay. like there's a different word based on <laughs> like saying hello to like an important person versus a not important person. Yeah. So we uh, we head over to Jeff's office and Jeff says, "Hey, I heard you were at the U two concert." La- Larry again says, "My wife dragged me there." Uh, Jeff asks if... Which bothers you, you for two reasons. Well, yes. Right. Don't say your wife. It's, this is Jeff. He's familiar with the channel. What's going on here? Uh, but it also, yeah, like just said, yeah, I went to the youth concert because I'm a normal person who lives in America and I like the band U2. Like, maybe I love them. Maybe I only like them a little bit, but it's like, it's not, it's fine for me. To or like even them. if you're neutral on YouTube, but he acts as if it's like the worst thing in the world. Right. Yeah. I mean, I have a question. How would it be possible for a person to not know who Bono was in 2002? Yeah. Uh, this conversation was very funny to me because did you ever listen to Are You Talking You Too to Me with yes. Scott with Scott and Scott? So yeah. this was like a running joke they would always do. It's when they would like review the names of the members of the band. Yeah. They'd be like, Oh, and who are the members of you two? Can we review? Like they would do like four times per episode. Yes. <laughs> so I was like I like cackled when Jeff said, Oh, and who are the names of the band members? Well, it also, I mean, honestly, the edge is a name that Larry and Jeff could have had fun with. But I guess I guess in real life Larry is so not connected to you two that he doesn't even know about the edge. Yeah, no, the, uh, yeah, you need you need to know a little bit about music. Bono, everyone knows um, the other guys. I mean, Bono is probably one of the most famous, what, five musicians, ten musicians in the world? Bono's like, very out, famous, yeah. Outside of, like, the world of music, he's insanely famous. Yeah, I mean, certainly in 2002, he was probably even more famous because U2 was more relevant, and, like, he was very front and center then with, like, the Africa stuff. Um, yeah, that was, like, 2000, that was kind of, like, the mid-2000s were kind of his heyday, I think. Like yeah, I mean, you, yes, you he's, he's not as famous in 2020 as he was in 2002. Yeah. Um, did he, yeah, did he win, like, he was, like, Time Person of the Year or something? Probably, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Nobel Peace Prize because they give those to everybody, but I don't think he won that. So he asks Larry, if, you know, do you know the band members? He says, well, I know the lead singer's name. They, Jeff bets him $100. He says, well, I know that it's spelled B-O-N-O, but I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Is it Bono? Is it Bono? Um, Jeff says, why don't we call it a draw? I think Larry won the bets. Yes. Like, you could you could say you could spell the guy's name. You you identified who he is. Like yeah. if you don't know the exact pronunciation, and he says it's yes. either this or that. Yes, like even makes fun of me for mispronouncing <laughs> names all the time on the podcast. Jeff is clearly trying to weasel his way out of it. Yeah, it's like he's like you made a bet. Larry says, says the guy's name, and you're like, oh no, you, we'll call it a tie because you didn't know exactly how to pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Larry asks, well, how do you even know about that it was at you too? He says, from your uh, housekeeper Dora, of course. She's telling everybody. <laughs> yeah. 
Larry says, by the way, if you come visit me, you're going to see a Christmas tree in my house. Jeff is pretty surprised. Larry explains, well, Cheryl's parents are coming, and they want a tree. My question is, like, how long have Larry and Cheryl been married? Like, this should have come up already. Well, it seems, yeah, I guess that the family's never been around for Christmas. It is also funny that Larry's relationship to his Judaism is mostly in opposition to him not being a member of another religion. Yeah, yeah. Um, The main way he shows he's Jewish is that he's not Christian. Like, Cheryl's family is, are very serious about Christmas. Like, they're not just like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean we haven't even they're, got to the Jesus nail yet. Yeah, so me, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, we know, they're, they're very, very serious religious. about this. So it's like, like, th- this had to come up that it's like, and it's like obviously very important for Cheryl to be with her family for Christmas. So it's like, I, like, this is like, it seems like this is the first time this is happening. Like, like oh, Larry has to have a tree in his house. Like, he should, unless maybe they always went to them. I don't know. It seems unlikely. But whatever. Jeff says, at least your wife isn't Jewish. And they agree that those couples of two Jews who have a Christmas tree, that they're completely ridiculous. Uh, just let them have their holiday. Why do you have to hone in on their holiday? Um, which, yeah, I, don't, I mean, Christmas seems like a very nice holiday. People seem to enjoy it. So I see why not get in on it if you, like, you know, if, you have, if that's what you want. Yeah, whatever. You don't want to criticize Jews to celebrate Christmas? Uh, uh, no, I'm we shouldn't. Not, I'm not going to die on that cross, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus died on that cross first so that we can celebrate Christmas. Yeah, do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Jeff, uh, Jeff says, Susie saw, by the way, this is where that was, was a little crazy. Uh, Jeff says, Susie's on her way up, and I need, Larry, I need Larry, I need you to lie. I called a woman the other night at 2 a.m., totally platonic, but Susie apparently reviews the phone bills and saw the phone call at 2 a.m., and what I need you to do is you need to say that you're the one who made the call. And what happened is you got into a fight with Cheryl and you slept over at my house and you made a call. And that's going to be the cover story. Uh, Larry, for, for to his credit, thinks this is a pretty wild cover story. Yes. I mean, it's not the best idea. Yeah. I mean, on the other hand, Larry's not one to talk. He, uh, yeah, yes, Larry and Jeff are both <laughs> yes, come up with very bad lies. That's true. Yeah. Um, Jeff explains that, like, I couldn't tell her what really happened because even that would be really suspicious because the cutoff for platonic phone calls is 10 p.m. Um, of course, we've been told in other seasons that the uh, cutoff for all phone calls is 10 p.m. 9, 9.30, but if it's very important, yeah. then you can violate right. the rules. Although I guess it's like, you know, if it's someone you're in a uh, romantic or sexual relationship with, you know, yes. 10 o'clock is when the night is just first getting started. Yes, you're, you're made, of course. Who knows? Who knows how the rule applies there? Yes. So Susie comes in. He knows, She notices uh, Larry's trying to clear his throat. Um, Larry asks Jeff, oh, by the way, yeah, this is a totally normal question. Um, do I owe you any money for the phone calls I made when I was at your house the other night? Uh, and Susie like, kind of gives her, give him a look. And he's like, oh, well, I had to call Dora, my housekeeper, at, 10, at 2 a.m. because she wanted to quit because she got into a big fight with Cheryl. Because Cheryl yelled at her about all these things that she was doing wrong in the house. And I was trying to, like, you know, patch things up. Susie knows someone is lying. He says, she says, one of you is lying. My question to Susie is, why aren't both of them lying? Yeah, which obviously is the case. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is it only one? She's like, one of you is lying. It's like, no, they're in on it together. And they have a very stupid lie that you saw through immediately because it's a ridiculous story. Yes. Um, Although it, it goes further than most of the bad Larry Jeff lies, actually. It yeah. gets to the point of Susie actually apologizing, which almost never Well, happens. yes. Well, we'll get to that, too. Yeah. But basically, she's like, you know what? I know Jeff, you're up to no good, but she, I can't be bothered with this nonsense right now. And she storms off. Yeah. So we go to the country club, and we get a, fun, a very fun montage of Larry yes. and Jeff going around giving uh, Christmas gifts as Jingle Bells plays. 
Um, and they're just like going around giving money to everyone. Um, we referenced in the last episode, I referenced that episode at the end of next season that we'll get to in a couple months. Um, he does a very similar thing with like the tickets before the opening night of, uh, of the producers. He like goes around and like tips all the, everyone in the hotel using with like the tickets of the show. So Larry uh, takes, he's like looking at one of the waiters and for some reason he thinks that he may have uh, tipped that waiter twice. He goes over and asks the guy, hey, I think I may have tipped you twice. Uh, the waiter's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. You only tipped me once. But Larry's pretty sure that he's right, really based on nothing. The waiter says, oh, well, well, would you like me to give you back that first tip? And Larry says, no, I'd like you to give me back the second tip. <laughs> Yeah. Which I definitely gave you. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like it was, like, okay for Larry to ask, even though it's, like, would be pretty embarrassing for the guy to have to admit. Uh, but, like, once the guy's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about, like, you really have no evidence. Well, so you- I just don't understand why this conversation, this interaction is worth the money for Larry. Yeah, I mean, what are, what are we talking about? But I guess about you could say that about most of the show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, most of the stuff is uh, frivolous. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Well, yeah, we're probably talking about, what, at most $100? I mean, I don't know. He's peeling off bills. Yeah, maybe they're getting a lot of money. So maybe it's $1,000. Who the hell knows? I feel like you got to give more when you're, you know, when you have such deep pockets. Yeah, except then, like, I, then I kind of get, like, you feel like... And also, you're literally at a country club. Like, you're only there because you're rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's... Yeah, those places are... They you probably tip a lot, I would guess. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Didn't Larry David, real life Larry David, start, like, a GoFundMe for the caddies of his club? During COVID, did he? I didn't see that. That's very nice. Yeah, there was a story in like April. Well, is it nice of him, or is it, is it absurd that like like his charity extends like like what he thinks of as the caddies at his golf club? And it's sort of like right. you know, there, there's yeah, others more in need. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least he's thinking of someone else. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So he already um, saved an innocent man from wrongfully being convicted of murder. So he's going to heaven regardless. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's a hero. And he did that awesome. Uh, interview where he told Trump supporters to go fuck themselves. So um, we're back home and Cheryl's parents are there decorating the tree. They wish him a Merry Christmas. So I guess this was, um, we should point out, this is in 2002. So that this was before the, as you know, the, what, what would ensue the war on Christmas in which uh, Christmas was eliminated from the pop culture in the United States and everyone stopped celebrating it because yes. of the war on Christmas. Well, when, when our so, children watch this, we'll have to explain what Christmas was. No, but then, but then Trump got elected and Christmas came back. Right, that's true. Christmas again. So they'll understand, but, but those, there's going to be like well, a they might not window. because then Biden and Harris could win and then Christmas is going to be gone. Right, well, that's why this is the most important. Although Harris life. actually is ineligible to be uh, vice president, apparently. Right, so like... Because he, she has brown skin and so therefore... So even <laughs> she must if they, not be born in America. So even if they do get elected and they eliminate Christmas, Christmas like it doesn't count yeah. because it's, she's not eligible. It's very so it's like Christmas, I need, Christmas I need will to, be fine. I need Don't to worry review, about Christmas. Yes, when Christmas exists and when it doesn't, yeah. Don't worry, kids. Santa Claus is white. Yes. <laughs> we don't see Santa in this episode, do we? Although, Larry and Jeff really played the role of Santa at the club. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think Santa uh, goes up to children and says, uh, did you get too many presents? Did I accidentally give you an extra present? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, just let it Yes. Yeah. Unless you're, like, really sure. I guess maybe he's sure. He's like, no, I, don't, I totally gave that guy money twice, and yeah, he's, well, he's stealing money. Turns out he was wrong, so. Yeah. Shocking. So, uh, so then Larry and the waiter do the Larry stare. They see, yeah. Yeah, which is just, that's the second Larry stare of the series and the first since the acupuncturist in season two. Yeah, but that's, wait, that's not until later, I think. No, that's right here. When Larry says, I want the second two back, and then that's how the, the, that interaction ends between the waiter and Larry. 
Okay. No, then there's the second stair. Then Larry okay. does another stair with so Carlos the Gardner. Yes, okay. Yes, we, okay. we get two Larry stairs in one, in one episode. We go from one in 28 episodes to two in one episode here in episode oh, 29. Okay. Cool. So fine. So yeah, so they're decorating. They see if he wants to join in. He's like really just like, he can't believe how big this Christmas tree is. Like he's, I guess he's just like being very I mean, traumatized. It is a it. very large Christmas tree. Yeah. He, like, he's like, he's taking this like assault on his Jewishness, like much stronger than I would have expected. Yeah. Because like we, knew, we, we know from like the baptism um, a few episodes ago. It was that, accidental. Like, he, yeah. Like he doesn't really care about this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's funny that like he feels like very strongly about like that like a Christmas tree is like uh, an attack against him, and like he feels like very guilty about it. Yes. Maybe maybe it inspired him. He saw that he did a mitzvah. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah. So we, they uh, they ask him, "What did you get for Cheryl?" He says, "I'm going to give her my grandfather's palace," uh, which he explains is like a scarf. And they yes. think I all with that at that line, by the <laughs> yeah. way. Um, if you don't know, a talis is like a religious garment that Jewish men wear, like you know, during services. And, and um, women sometimes, and it's kind of oh, and women scarf. sometimes. Yes, that's true. Yes, that's true. and, and yes. it is kind of scarfy, which actually leads me to wonder why is Larry wearing scarves throughout this entire episode anyway? It can't be that cold, <laughs> considering how everyone else is dressed. Yeah. But he wears, you know, he's always wearing a scarf. Then Cheryl makes him wear the scarf that, that, the, that the housekeeper gave him. And then, of course, he makes a joke about how he gave Cheryl the, the grandfather's talus. Yes. He's, he tries clearing his throat again. This, you know, this, this happens like in almost every scene. He'll try to clear his throat at least once. Uh, they ask if something is caught. He gets, you know, he kind of gets a worried look like, oh, I don't want to tell him. Well, yeah, because I, I, uh, I swallowed one of your daughter's pubic hairs. Uh, so he improvises and says he swallowed a grape stem which is less uh, traumatizing to say to your father. Yeah. Although probably more dangerous. It's much bigger and thicker. Yeah. He goes into the kitchen. He gets a very warm hello from Cheryl's sister, Becky, who seems to be entirely over the whole Larry ruining her wedding thing, which doesn't seem at all like her. Cheryl tells Larry that he should wear the scarf that Dora got for him because she always feels insulted that you don't wear her scarf. Larry says he doesn't wear it because it's itchy, which, you know, that's reasonable. I wouldn't wear a a scarf either if it was itchy. And also, by the way, what's the deal? You yelled at her about the U2 concert or something? Becky also now laughs at him that he, oh, you went to a U2 concert? I, this, is, this is insane. Like, this take on U2 is ridiculous. I'm yes. sorry. I know, we, I know we keep bringing it up. But, this is now, uh, yeah, he blames this is it now on the, fourth, the fourth person, uh, Cheryl and her sister, Jeff, and the doctor. Four people who think it's hilarious that Larry would go to a U2 concert. Yeah. yeah. And finally, Dora is upset at you that you gave Carlos a double bonus of what you gave her. Yeah. Uh, Larry says that's crazy. This is just like the waiter at the club who I tip twice. I'm like I'm getting screwed everywhere. I'm giving a double to this guy. This guy thinks I gave a double to him. Well, Cheryl says, you know, what would be really nice? Maybe how about take Dora out for a nice lunch at the club to make it up to her, show her that like everything is good. Uh, she would really like that. And Becky agrees. Barry, Becky is just uh, seconding everything that Cheryl says. So he goes, why would Dora want to go to lunch with Larry? Wouldn't she rather just have the cash? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. And by the way, indeed, once we get there, we see how awkward it is for both of them. Yeah, she has no right. She has no interest in it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Cheryl and Becky, totally wrong here. Yeah, bad advice. Um, so he goes outside to confront Carlos. He says, what does, what's his deal? What did you tell Dora, Dora about the, the tip? He denies it. Larry thinks it's strange that she would make something like that up, because like, it sounds very specific. Um, and he does, he, again, he does the detective eye move to see if Carlos is lying. I think it's going to come up a third time, but I only counted two as well. So I didn't count your first one and you didn't count my second. Yeah. One. So something is off here. Yes. Something's missing. All right. Something's missing. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're at the club and Larry and Dora are having lunch. Merry Christmas is playing. It looks, seems like it should be a lovely time. Larry's wearing the itchy scarf to make her happy. 
yeah, Larry's doing a nice thing here. Yeah, he, uh, and Larry's like really he's trying his best. He's like he's trying to praise. I mean, it's a little condescending, but like he's praising her for oh, you're very good at restocking the soy milk. So that I always have a cold one in the fridge. Uh, you're very good at folding, especially t-shirts. You have a very specific way of doing them that I like. Yeah, uh, which is you know, Larry really appreciates the folding. You know, given his interaction with Mitchell Sklar last episode. That's right. Yes, yeah. Larry. Larry appreciates a good fold. Yes, you do a very good job replenishing the toilet paper. It's never a problem. One thing I'll say, if I could be, if I could be honest, your sponge replacement is not so hot. You could be a little better at that, but you know, overall, you do very nice work. Um, and she's like very coldly saying, like, "Oh, thank you, thank you." Like she has clearly, she has no interest in being here, and she's miserable right now. Yes. A waiter comes over to clear Larry's plate. So this is, but this is, well, is the same waiter, right? Yes, it's the same waiter. Yeah, because okay. they, that's why they engage in Spanish, and that's why Larry's suspicious. Yes. So they have a conversation in Spanish. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if you were able to pick up anything of what they. I, I'm curious if they were actually talking about, you know, a specific thing, or if they just told them to say something uh, generic. The implication is that they're speaking about Larry because and that's right. why they have to lie and say it's about Christmas. And, yeah, and no, Spanish is not such an impossible language that we couldn't know. So I assume that they were talking about Larry. So you think they like the actual words that they're saying were describing? Can you believe this guy? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I buy, I buy that. Um, I guess. Yeah. I have no ability to knowing that. Uh, I can I, maybe could cool it. Your Spanish is better than mine, so. My Spanish is, is non-existent. I know like 25 words. I will repeat, your Spanish is better than mine. Okay, fair. Larry asks, what was that about? She says, oh, just ask me about Christmas. And then he does like the eye-lie detector test on her. Of course, throughout the club, but the Greens are involved earlier in the episode, so they're going to return right now for the end of the episode. Uh, Larry introduces her to Dora, and Susie immediately apologizes that, that you are obviously telling the truth. Uh, to which I ask, why is this proof that they were telling the truth? All this proves is that there, that there exists a housekeeper named Dora. There's enough to their relationship that he could have been talking to her late at night on the phone, is the implication. Okay, fine. All right. Yeah. Okay, that's a, yeah, that's, a, that's okay answer. Yeah, I'm okay with that. It, All it's, right, yeah. it's, enough, it's enough to convince Susie that it wasn't a lie. Sure. Yeah, because, sure. well, that's kind of my point. Like, Susie's, like, always, like, even, like, when there's a good reason, she doesn't want to hear it. And, like, to hear this that kind of felt me like, oh, I'm not buying that. Okay, yeah, so you were fine. Okay, let me, let me interview her and ask her, ask her some questions before I believe it. The mere fact that you've produced a woman who claims to be Dora, the nanny. Yeah. Well, but that would, that would really imply that they were going to great lengths to yeah, extend their okay. life, which yeah. it turns out is, not, is the kind of thing that Larry would do. So. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Um, so in the meantime, someone named Chris comes over and kind of distracts Larry and Jeff into, into a separate conversation, freeing Susie up for a one-on-one with Dora. And she says to her, this is, uh, this is very stupid. I don't know why. This is crazy that Susie does this. You seem so lovely. I'm surprised Cheryl doesn't like you. I'm sure it has nothing to do with your work, which I'm sure is great because, you know, the house is always nice. Yeah. Um, Why is Susie doing this? Why is she getting involved here? Yeah. (laughs) Who does this? Yeah, this is this is super nuts. Also, it's like if it probably does have to do with her work. If she seems lovely and that she got fired, then it's probably because of her work. Yeah. But there's really no reason for Cheryl uh, for Susie to open her mouth here at all. Yeah really crazy so we head back home and cheryl's family is singing some christmas carols larry asks how much longer do you think this is going to go on for his throat is still bothering him and cheryl pulls larry aside to tell him that dora quit because susie told her that cheryl doesn't like her so she called susie who filled me on the whole story of this thing that you made up about having to call dora in the middle of the night and i told susie that you and jeff are full of shit yeah i really like the way she delivers this whole thing. She's almost like, she's like she doesn't even care as much as like she's wants to let him know that I busted you. Yeah. 
But also, she she does have a reason to be pissed. Yeah, right. No, meaning like she's like taking this pretty well. That she's like more like interested in like busting him with Susie than like being like, "What the hell? You got her nanny like to quit." Yeah. So we got like a we got a time lapse of more caroling. Larry's eating uh, some milk and cookies like a curmudgeon. He's like the holiday Scrooge. Well, not milk. It seems to me that it was eggnog. Oh, was it? Okay, that makes G- sense. Given yeah. the color and sort of the thickness of it. Yeah, I didn't look at it too closely. Yeah, and the time. cookies are unusually shaped, as we will discover shortly yes. why. Yeah, I guess I just saw cookies and assumed milk. Yeah, um, that's fair. So yeah, so we cut to the next morning, and Cheryl wants to know where are the cookies. Turns out that Larry ate the baby Jesus and Mary cookies that were going to be in the nativity scene that they had planned. He thought they were animal cookies. Uh, he had mistaken Jesus for the monkey, which angers them as, you know, I guess that's reasonable. You know, you call their God, they say they're really a monkey. They don't like that. Um, that's fair. Um, Larry says he'll make it up to them, but Becky is pretty skeptical he can do, given that he just ate their Lord and Savior. Um, so they head out. Larry still I will say, throat. by the way, like in Catholicism, that's literally what you do when you eat the wafer. So, you know, Be- Becky is uh, protesting a little too much, I think, here. Yeah, and also like if you like you wanted to make sure he doesn't eat this like important thing, like don't leave like cookies out. Well, I mean, like, it's, it was part of a whole nativity. Someone scene. Might... It, it seems pretty clear that you'd have to be an idiot to, um, you know. Larry, <laughs> look, Larry is an idiot. Larry, last episode, Larry couldn't find Crazy Eyes Killer's real name on the internet. His mother-in-law found uh, caroling lyrics to print out on the internet. She said so. Yeah, yeah. yeah Larry's, uh, yeah, he's not very adept. Yes. So yeah, as they head out, Larry's clearing his throat, and Cheryl's dad says, you know, you may want to look into that. So we drive by, uh, Larry's driving by, he passes Jeff's house, he sees Susie yelling at Jeff and throwing his stuff out of the house, and he's calling, she's calling him a liar, and says, wait till I get my hands on that four-eyed fuck Larry, damn it, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Keep driving, Larry. So yeah, so Larry, uh, yeah, he, uh, he floors it and gets out of there, he doesn't slow down. Uh, he passes by a church, and he sees there's a nativity scene outside. And he pulls over, he goes to talk to them and, you know, says, you know, maybe you guys can come over to my house and, you know, we can work something out. They agree on uh, $500. The uh, leader of the manager group, uh, Joseph, is David Keckner. Who's that? He was a answer to a trivia contest that AB did with me and Akiva on 32 fans. David Keckner. He, you know, he was on, he's an anchorman. He he was in the office. Okay. Oh, man. First, the Sklar Brothers, now David Keckner. Yeah. We're really hitting the big time. No, I meant the people who you don't know. Uh, I really love, though, just the way he talks in this episode is so great. A donation to the church would be a capital thing. <laughs> yes. Um, so they, uh, they, the deal they agree on is $500 donation to the church plus a meal for the group. Yes. So we, he, they, he, we head back home. Larry's waiting for them. He still has the pubes stuck in his throat. Um, Joseph and the gang come over. He lets them get set up. Everyone's going well. Uh, Larry asks, okay, so let's get some type, some, uh, some takeout. What do you want? Deli or Chinese? He says yes to both. Well, it's Christmas, so those are the only things that are open. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Joseph, now Joseph is starting to become a little bit of a hazard, I think, here. He's like, hey, pick one meal. Still, he's still going on. Throat's clearing. It's getting worse and worse. They ask him if he's okay. He tells him that he has the pubic hair stuff. Joseph is very thrown off by this. Yeah. Uh, Larry then proceeds to say, you know, that Mary has quite a bod. You know, I'm sure you probably, uh, you know, maybe you have something going on with her. Uh, that's the last straw. He says, that's it. We're out of here. We're leaving. Uh, Larry is very angry. You know, you got to stay. They start fighting and they're rolling around in the hay. All of a sudden, Larry says, stop, stop, and yells out that the pubic hair is out. And we pan over to Cheryl and her family looking on in disgust. Yes. 
uh, not appreciating the effort he went to to find a new manger scene because he's fighting with them and also he is publicly announcing that he has a pube in his throat. It's very ironic that Larry, you know, last episode, he, you know, Crazy Eyes got quite familiar with him pretty quickly, uh, you know, starting to talk about uh, the things that he enjoys eating. But here, Larry gets very familiar with Joseph in, in sort of the exact same way. It's very insane, especially considering that this is clearly a very religious man. Larry really does not understand his boundaries, but I don't think that justifies Joseph literally tackling to the ground. Yeah. Which, I mean, every time they sort of try this in Curve, it always sort of seems a little awkward. We had, obviously, with the uh, interior decorator in the episode at Diane Keaton's house. Right. Where also they ended up tackling each other to the ground and then making out. In this case, I don't think uh, Joseph and Larry ever make out. But So the, the physical humor is not really, ex- you know, if you had like maybe Michael Richards here it would look better. But Larry doesn't execute it so well, I don't think. Yeah, not, it's not great. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's your rating for this episode? I think this episode has its moments, um, but it just, it's a little bit absurd at times. Um, but overall, I think pretty good. I will even say pretty, pretty, pretty good. I'll give it a three out of five. All right. Uh, my biggest issue with this episode, honestly, and it's not the fault of this episode uh, you know, itself, but it just it suffers from coming right after an all timer, yeah. And so it just it really pales in comparison to Crazy Eyes Killer. It just it seems so much smaller. So I will say it is pretty, pretty, pretty good. I'll give it two and a half, just a step below you. It is 18th out of the 29 episodes we've seen in my personal rankings. Okay. Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> is your come with guy i think i'm gonna go with joseph at the end as the come with guy um which i think is uh i think is a testament to that some the weakness of this episode to the extent is that i don't think there's an obvious come with guy or honestly an obvious worst person guy but yeah. uh well let's, let's hear your come with guy first no I, I agree with both um you know i wanted to give it to keckner as joseph but he just he didn't do enough to earn it uh i'll give it to jeff jeff comes with larry everywhere and like the fun they have together on their tipping trip through the club is, is sort of right. the, yeah, my favorite a, part of the episode so i'll give it to call. jeff but i don't not overwhelmingly so. It's a, it's a very minimal effort that Jeff puts in to get it in this episode. Yeah. And, yeah, for the worst person, I think I'm just going to, like, cop out and go with Larry because I don't really think anybody else really does too much wrong in this episode. Um, and Larry does a lot of stupid things. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a reasonable uh, answer. I was sort of torn. Like, I hate giving it to Larry because it sort of seems to defeat the purpose. But yeah, like, I agree. But, I but, just, but like, I, I, I'm going to give it to Larry as well. Like, Keckner gets violent inappropriately, but, you know, also a guy starts talking to him about, you know, yeah, yeah, Larry, yeah, Larry's yeah. really creepy. And Susie um, sticks her nose where it doesn't belong, but, you know. Yeah, but, like, okay. Yeah, yeah I guess Susie's fair, but it's like, you don't no, want to give it to Susie. Larry's behavior is clearly the worst. Yeah, and you don't want to give it to Susie, like, a character like Susie. You're not going to give her it. for a thing. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, she needs to, like, have, like, a Susie plot. I'm just like, oh, she told something. Yeah. Bloody something. So uh, um, I will agree. And, like, Dora Larry. doesn't, like, like, Dora makes a mistake, arguably, but, like, she doesn't really do anything that bad. No, yeah, that's all we have. We agree. We're going to give it to Larry. Okay, cool. Not really any celebrities in this episode. Keckner had been on SNL uh, at, at this point, but he was pretty anonymous until Anchorman. And for you, apparently, he's still anonymous. So Yeah, well, I just don't recognize his name. I might recognize his face. Yeah, well, he has a beard over his face, so it's a little hard to tell, I guess. But yeah, um, I, did. yeah. I didn't recognize him as someone I knew when I saw it on the show, but I'm not always good at that anyway. 
Yeah. All right. Is it time for us to? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I know this guy. Visit the postman. This is Todd Packer. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, I know who he is. I think that was the question. I just. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't know his name. It's weird. Do you think of him as Todd Packer? I think Anchorman is his most famous role. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's in like a bunch. He's in like several episodes of The Office, so it's like. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Postman! Postman! Come here! Tell the neighborhood! We have one email this week from Olin Allen. He writes, Hey guys, a bit of a slow burner of an episode, but it picked up towards the end. Always nice to have the Catholic and Jewish worlds collide. Even as a Catholic, I never liked Christmas trees and decorations due to the space taken up and claustrophobic feeling they created. And the fact that I was usually asked to help put up decorations as a child when I had far more important things to do, which was usually watching middle-of-the-road 90s sitcoms. The whole pubic hair and the throat cough routine is something I like to imitate anytime I watch this episode. I love the scene with Jeff being thrown out, particularly Oscar standing right beside him to add further insult. Although if you weren't familiar with the backstory, it looked like Oscar was being thrown out as well. That is true. Um, I like the interaction with the nativity scene actors. I did feel that Larry got an absolute bargain with a cast of seven having to transport themselves and their props to perform for up to four hours on Christmas Day at a rate of less than $20 per actor per hour. Uh, I knew I recognized Joseph when I wasn't able to place that it was David Kuckner. I do enjoy guest stars who come on and play their characters in a very nice and gentle, yet un- underlying sinister way. Larry admiring Mary did bring up a Catholic theological question to me. Did God and his angels keep Mary to themselves because as, as well as being virtuous, she was quite alluring herself? Ah, that's not, yeah, maybe. You might have got, you might have the real origin story there. Not admirable, though, losing interest after her giving birth and leaving Joseph to provide the goods for her other children. Yep, yep, God doesn't come off great in that story, I will say that. Um, The come with guy, he gives it to Joseph for bringing his crew over at such a reasonable cost of donation, so Owen agrees with me there. And the villain of the week is Cheryl's family for singing annoying carols late at night. Even if it's Christmas, go out to a midnight mass to celebrate. And also, doing a cookie imitation of the nativity scene seemed rather insulting and demeaning to this important symbol. Overall, he gives it a three pretties out of five. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. P.S. As per last request, he attached a few there. Um, Owen has provided us a Curb Your Enthusiasm themed rap, which we will excitedly play as the outro music to this episode. So we're all looking forward to hearing that at the end. So that was The Postman. Okay. Next week, we wrap up season three. Uh, with the restaurant opening in days, Larry fires the chef again. He accidentally breaks a food critic's thumbs. He will hire a new chef with Tourette's. And we will have a very special guest uh, for the fourth time this season. Yeah, the guests are getting uh, better and better, um, I think. We'll see. Um, I'm excited about our next guest. Um, you'll look for that to uh, drop next week. And uh, we hope you'll be excited, too. I think it's going to be... Pretty, 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 pretty. Hear me now, your bubble wrap, popping erasion. I thought that I was your dog, your sweet loving Caucasian. Sharing charts and rankings from my cunnilingus occasions. From the sour taste of some girls to the supreme texture of Malaysians. Yeah, I was fine when I brought you through my newly written verse. You helped me mix up each motherfucker bitch and curse. So I thought it'd be very safe for me to say as we converse about how I love lapping up on some tasty Thracian sauce. 
but my mood all changed as I had to start to wonder, wonder how the jacket thief told it all to my drunken lady, who wonder. She may not be the most delicious, but a coochie I need to plunder with those big rock rings I so proved no one else I bloody fond her. L.D., unlike your round hair, tween your rife legs, be thick fat. She probably let it grow with all that Catholic guilt, be filled her. Bald cunt, you better choke on it or else I have to be your bear. You being hammered and shut down by your crazy eyes, kill her. Then I take off my glasses and I'll be all like, Ugh.